You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, South Bay Church. Welcome to everybody who is viewing our live stream. Uh, thank you to all of you tuning in from family around the country and wherever you're at. So grateful to be here with you this morning. My name is Dave Atkins, and I have the honor of bringing the lesson today. It's been so awesome already this morning to be able to worship with Casey. What a great job he did uh, singing, Father, our uh, Father. Um, uh, amen. Uh, he did such a great job, Casey. And, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, just, I, I've seen him, we, uh, you know, grow in the Lord, and it's just really encouraging to, uh, to see how he's using his talents for God. Uh, to really see how God can use even a Steelers fan to do great things. Amen? Oh, oh I had to throw that shot in there. <laughs> That's for you too, Steve. Um, so this morning we're going to continue uh, our series, which we've entitled uh, Social Distance. And, uh, you know, last week Steve talked about behind the mask, about how we need to remove our masks and feel free to be our real self. And that when we do that, we're able to have relief we're able to uh, begin healing, and we're able to really live the life we're able to live. My topic today is curbside pickup. So I know there may have been some thoughts about what exactly I'm going to talk about. What does that mean? So I'll try to explain that. So you remember back in March when all of this went crazy stuff happened, and we had the, the stay-at-home order, and we had to, like, everybody had to stay home. You couldn't go out. Everybody, you know. But even when we all had to stay home, there were still certain things we had to have, right? I mean, we had to have food, right? We had to have toilet paper. We had to have water, whatever it was. And so a lot of the stores set up curbside pickup where you could still go and get what you absolutely had to have uh, and still maintain social distance. So what we're going to talk about today is things that we have in common. We all need certain things. Yeah. We all can't do without water. We all can't do without food. You know, along with the challenge of the worldwide pandemic, you know, a lot of the things we've been talking about is the social unrest in our country and really around the world. And uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how we all come from different backgrounds, mm -hmm. how we all have different families of origin. And uh, we talked about how we, we, come, we, you know, we may have grown up in different socioeconomic societies because we're all different people. Right. Um, you know, we've been talking about how we need to learn to appreciate those differences, how to understand those differences we have, uh, how to how to get along and to respect those different differences. Even in our small groups these past few weeks, we've been talking about and going through a book by Michael Burns called The Crown That Will Last, uh, that's helping us to learn how to be more culturally aware of those around us and to develop cultural humility. You know, and that's awesome, and that's great. And, you know, I'm getting a lot out of reading through that book, and I know all of us are. But this morning, I'm going to take a little different slant. Instead of talking about all the ways that we're different, we're going to talk about all the ways that we are the same. Okay. We all have things in common, believe it or not. There's things that all of us need, no matter what ethnic background we come from. And why is that? Because we were all made in the image of God. It says in... Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. Male and female, he created them. If you're a human being, you were made in the image of God. To go Latin on you, imagio Dio. That's what it says in Latin. You like that? Nice. 
as a human being, we all have things that every human being needs. You know, and so we're going to look at some of those things this morning and talk about those needs that we all have, but also how those needs are met by God and how God also uses the church to meet those needs in our relationships. You know, uh, that's a big way that God does meet these different needs is through the relationships we have in church. You know, Brian started off our whole series with Six Feet Apart, talking about our need for close personal relationships and one another relationships and how we need those. Right. He talked about his, his statement was God's design for relationship within the church demands that we overcome the spaces between us. And why we need to overcome those spaces? Because God is going to use our relationships with each other to meet these very basic human needs. Right. So let's start talking about it. What's, the first thing I thought of that we all need as humans is recognition. So what do I mean by this? Well, I think we all need to be feel like we matter yeah. as a person, that we have value, that we are not insignificant, right. that we are somebody. You know, you can see this early on even with little kids. Have you ever seen a little kid and ignored him? What happens? You know, if he's asking for something, you don't even pay attention to him. What usually happens with those little kids? Do they go quietly, walk away? No, usually what happens? They get louder and louder and louder, don't they? They may even start throwing things, throwing a tantrum, whatever, because they want you to recognize them. They want you to acknowledge them. Even as we get older, same thing happens. You know, when you talk about in your teen and your preteen years, you know, this is where, you know, teens and preteens are starting to want to become known as their own person. They don't want to be known as so-and-so's son. They want to be known for their for themselves, who they are. You know, and so a lot of times this takes a form of, you know, different clothes they like to wear or different hairstyles, you know. In the old days, you know, longer hair was a big thing. Now it may be something different, maybe different color hair. Uh, different kinds of music, you know, having music other than what their parents had. What are they doing? They're trying to be recognized as a person, as an individual. It even happens with adults, doesn't it? We all, with adults, it's a little different form. You know, we may, uh, it may take the form of acquiring possessions. You know, like, look at all these things I can afford. I got a boat now. Or it can be going after position in the world. You know, hey, I just got a promotion. A lot of times, even in our relationships or in our marriages sometimes, uh, this need for recognition, if we're not meeting that, can lead to problems. We can feel like, hey, you just take me for granted. You know, you don't really appreciate all I do. What are we doing there? We are crying out for a need for attention or for recognition. You know, and a lot of times when we don't get these things, whatever level, it starts we can get bad behavior. You know, there's a lot of truth in this statement. Negative attention is better than no attention at all. Because all of us want attention. The good news is, is that God recognizes you. God knows exactly who you are, exactly what you need, and he is always aware of you. You know, look over in Isaiah chapter 49, just an incredible passage. It says, but Zion said, Lord, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. That's what the feeling, we can feel like that, like nobody recognizes me. Even God's forgotten about me. But what does the Bible say? Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. 
See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. So what does this verse say? God is saying that even if a mother who is nursing her child forgets about that child, which really is inconceivable, right? That would never happen. You know, but God, but God says, even if that happened, I'm not going to forget you. I will always know who you are. I have you on the palms of my hand, always with me knowing you. You know, in a lot of ways, God does meet this need through our relationship with him, but also for our relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, what have we been talking about in the last you know, year or so in the church here in South Bay? We've talking, we're talking about to know and be known, aren't we? Yeah. And what is that? That's recognition, to know one another and to be known by one another. You know, in our, we've, that's one of the reasons we've you know, focused on our small groups. You know, it's impossible for everybody to know everybody about everything, right? It's just right. impossible. But when we have a small group of people, a lot better chance then of being able to know them on a deep level and to be known by them as a deep level. You know, I know for myself, we're in a small group and it's, it's been awesome. Man. You know, we've gotten to know each other way deeper than we have before, know things about things. It's been awesome, even through the Zoom meetings. I mean, it's a bit of a challenge, as we all know, not being be able to meet in person. But even through our meetings, you know, I feel like I've gotten a lot closer to our brothers and sisters that are in my small group. So God knows you. And God will meet your need for recognition through your relationship with him and also through your relationship with your small groups and with other people. Second thing I want to look at is what else do we all need as humans? We need respect. Mm. Respect. Yes. Big thing, right? You know, that's kind of related to uh, recognition. But I think there are different types of respect. You know, there's, there's a type of an earned respect where, you know, you have a certain skills or talent or learning, you know, and you can, people can respect that in you, you know. And also that type of respect you can also lose if you do a bad job or, you know, something like that. You don't do well and you can sort of, people can lose respect. But that's not the respect I'm talking about. There is a respect that should not have to be earned. It's a respect that every person should have because they were made in the image of God. You know, there's a lot that goes into this. One of the things I want, one of the aspects of this type of respect I want to talk about is that respecting that each person has the freedom to make their own choices, good or bad. Everybody should be able, every adult should be able to make their own choices. Even if they're bad, even if they're good, it should be up to them. None of us likes to be manipulated. None of us likes to be forced to do things against our will. None of us likes to be told, you're incapable of making your own decisions. I'm going to decide what's best for you. Nobody likes that. Giving people respect means that you respect their decisions, even if you don't agree with them. Now, this can be hard, can't it? You know, I think about, you know, teens and parents you know, and teens are in the process of moving from being kids to becoming adults. You know, and that can be a difficult transition. And, uh, you know, there's a whole, we can do a whole class on all of that. <laughs> you know, because I know kids are feeling like, hey, I'm ready to be an adult. And the parents are like, oh, you're not even close to being ready to be an adult. You know, and transitioning to that is tough, where you're, you want the kids to be able to make their own decisions. And let me just say a, a, a word to the teens. Give your parents some grace. This is hard for them yeah. to do. Okay, it's hard for them to let you grow up. 
And you can probably feel like, well, they still think I'm five years old. You know, and you know what? That's probably true, you know, but give them some grace, work with them. Let, you know, because it's not easy to let someone make their own decisions. You know, because the truth is, the more you love someone, the closer you are to someone, the harder it is for you to let them make their own decisions, especially if you feel like they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. We can try and reason with them. We can try to plead with them. We can try to urge them. You know, don't do that. That's not the right thing. But at the end of the day, we can't let it cross over into where we're threatening them, where we're manipulating them, or even right. if we're forcing them. Right. That is not respect. That is not respecting them as a person. So, let's think about God. Does God respect you as an individual? Does God give us that respect? Well, a couple of verses. Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes, Dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So what does Paul emphasize here? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He says it is on you. You decide how much personal spiritual growth you're going to have. You decide how, spirit, how spiritual you want to be. And then by implication, he says, God's going to respect that. He's given it to you. You work out your salvation. Right. Acts 17 is a great passage, 22 through 31. I won't read the whole thing. But what's happening here is Paul is preaching to a bunch of people in Athens. And uh, they aren't religious. You know, they don't know the scriptures or anything. So he's describing in his lesson to them who God is. And he talks about how God created the world. And uh, he doesn't need anything. He's not, he doesn't need temples, really. Uh, and that he has given man everything he needs. He's given man life, breath, and everything else. And he also says about God that God has determined the times and the places for them to live. Mm -hmm. And then what it, notice what it says in verse 27. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. You know, he says that God has done all this so that people would perhaps reach out for him. And that implies that maybe they won't reach out for him. See, God is giving us free will. God has to choose whether to follow him or not. He set everything up as much as he possibly can. He's determined where we live. He's determined in the place that he feels like is going to be the best for us to know him. He's sent his son to die for our sins. He's done all these things. But at the end of the day, God says, you have to choose whether or not you want to follow me or not. I'm giving you that respect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to respect you as an individual, and I'm going to let you decide whether you want to follow me or not. Third thing, let's talk about what we all need as humans. Meaning or purpose in life. You know, I think all people deep down feel a need that they have a purpose, right? That there's, yeah. that there's meaning in their life, that, that I'm put on this earth for a purpose. You know, I think man has always felt like that, going back to the beginning. You feel like, you know, why am I on this earth? I've got to be here for a reason. So how do people answer this question? Well, you know, some of the different ways I thought of was, you know, some of them focus on, well, you know what it means is whatever makes me happy, that's what my life should be. You know, whatever feels good, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a selfish sort of way, but a lot of people can feel that way. Yeah. 
You know, other people feel like, you know, what's, why am I on this earth? It's to leave a legacy. You know, to leave something that's going to last beyond when, I, when I'm gone. You know, so some people put a lot of effort into building a company or building an organization or building some sort of thing that will be left when they leave. Others may focus on their family. Their legacy is going to involve what they leave to their kids. You know, and so they devote all their time to, to making their kid's life better than what they had, possibly. So this is what my meaning is, is to really help my kids have a better life. Some people feel like they're put on this earth to make the world a better place. This could be, you know, doing things for the common good or social issues, you know, the environment. You know, I'm going to leave this world in a better place. That's what gives my life meaning is, is making things better for others around me. So let's turn this around to think about what God, has God given us meaning and in our life? You know, because I mentioned this goes back a long way. Let's go all the way back to Genesis. Look in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 15, when God created man. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. So right at the beginning, God gave man purpose. He gave man meaning to work and to take care of the Garden of Eden. Unfortunately, things went a little south later, right? Uh... Look over in Ephesians chapter 2, the New Testament. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it says here, God has given us a purpose and a meaning. He's given us work to do. He's given us good works. He's actually prepared them in advance for us to do. Now these works, he makes very clear, are not for our salvation. That's not how we become saved. That's not by our works. But we do have work to do to advance the kingdom. God has set things for us to do to serve his kingdom. You know, and what are some of those good works? Well, a lot of them can, you know, incorporate the things we just talked about. You know, Helping your family, devoting time to your family, helping them come to know the Lord. That's a good work, right? Mm. You know, even helping in the community, helping our environment, serving the poor. Those are all good works. But the context is in service of God. The context is our meaning and purpose in life should be to glorify God. And all those things that we do are all part of us serving and glorifying the Lord and working through his power. You know, the greatest purpose of our life is to glorify God and to spread the news of his kingdom. Our purpose in life, God has put us on this earth to know him and to help other people know him. Amen. That's the meaning, that's the purpose that God has given us in our life. Amen? Amen. One more thing, fourth thing, love. All, I, the, what do we all need as humans? We all need love. You know, and probably a lot of you, when I first brought this up, the first thing you thought, oh yeah, we all need love. And that's true. We all need love. I don't even think people would argue that. But I, but I think if you look around, there's probably a lot of people around the world that don't really feel loved. Or don't really feel like anybody really loves them on a deep, deep level. You know, and why is that? If we all really need this love, why is it so hard to find in some ways? Why is it so seeming to be missing from so many people's lives, this kind of love that we need? 
Well, it could be because like the old country song says, you're looking for love in all the wrong places, right? <laughs> Amen. Come on, country. Country music. Yeah, Brian's starting to hum it over there. Or this, this is probably more to the point. We can be confused by what the definition of love really is. We think love is something that it's really not. You know, a lot of times we think love is based on emotion. Like, man, I feel loved. Or, you know, I just need to follow my heart. You know, that's what really, when my emotions are really involved, then I'm really in love with someone. What happens, though, when your heart or, or when your emotions change? Then you got trouble, right? If that's what you're basing your love on. Or we can feel like really being in love with someone means the loved one some means that, that I'm the center of their world. Like, this person, I, I'm everything to this person. Their whole world revolves around me. Then they really love me. Or they, we can feel like, you know, love means that somebody meets my every single need. Like, that, I have everything I need in that person. I, I, all I need is that person. You know, and, and trust me, if you're looking for some other person to meet every single one of your needs, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be disappointed. Um... Or we can feel like, uh, you know, if they don't agree with everything I, everything I say, then they don't love me. Or if they don't accept everything that I say or everything I do, then they really don't love me. See, these are just a few of the ways that sometimes our definition of what love is can get skewed or flawed or messed up. The truth is that, yes, we all do need love. But we don't need the kind of love that I was talking about. We need real love. We need love that's not defined by our emotions, that's not defined by TV or Hollywood. Right. You know, and, and I don't want to rock anybody's world, but, you know, The Bachelor is not the way to find true love. <laughs> I don't, you know, hopefully that won't crush anybody, but just, you know, one man's opinion, but that's not how you're going to find true love is through The Bachelor. Um, or even, you know, even finding true love, it, we, we don't find it through what our definition really is. Real love, true love, is defined by God. The love that we really need is going to be defined by God and provided by God. So what is that love? Well, just look at a few verses in 1 John. 1 John 3, verse 15. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. See, real love involves sacrifice, not selfishness. 1 John 3.18 Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So real love is not just pretty sounding words, flowery poetry. I mean, that could be good, but that's not really love. It involves action. It involves doing things. It involves truth, Mm -hmm. being truthful with one another. That's what real love is. And then 1 John 4, 8 through 10, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Real love is found in God. 
It's not found anywhere else. It's found in God. God defines it. God is love. If we want to have true, real, lasting love, we find it in God and the relationships that God gives us through his church. You know, and you think about this love of God encompasses everything we've been talking about, right? I mean, true love, God's love, God himself values and recognizes you. True love, real love, the love of God respects you as a person and allows you the freedom to choose things for yourself. True love, real love from God gives your life meaning. It does not allow you to be selfish, but calls you higher, calls you to have a lasting and eternal impact on the world by laying down your life for others. Everything that all humans need is found in God. It's found in our personal relationship with Him, and it's also found in God working through the church, working through the people in the church, working through relationships we have. God uses those things to meet, to love us, and to meet all these different needs. You know, I started the lesson talking about the image of God, us being created in the image of God. And as I close out here, I want to talk a little bit about what that means. You know, this was a topic of great entry, <clears throat> interest in the early Christian centuries. And uh, there was a great Christian theologian uh, called Augustine, and he lived uh, from 354 to 430, so that's a ways back there. And uh, he was one of the ones that talked about what it meant to really, what does it mean to be created in the image of God? And his view, his theological view of what that meant was that humans have all been created with an inbuilt capacity to relate to God. In other words, all of us have built inside of us a longing for God. And one of his famous quotes talking about this idea and talking about God creating us, he says, You have made for us yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I believe the reason that God knows how to meet all of these needs that we've been talking about is because he made us and he put a need in us to need him. He made us in his own image and therefore he knows that we need recognition. He knows that we need respect. He knows that we know that we need meaning and purpose and he knows that we have a need for love and he is able to meet all those needs through our relationship with him and through the power he puts in, in our relationships through the church and with one another. All of those needs can truly be met. Amen? As we get ready to take the Lord's Supper together, uh, I want to just focus on one of the scriptures I read in 1 John, uh, in 1 John 4. You know, it says he, uh, in the middle of it, he says, He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, as we think about the cross, as we think about, you know, Jesus dying for us, that's what this says. It says he was an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, God took the first step in loving us. As I said, he, he's provided everything for us. He's just waiting for us to decide if we want to follow him or not. And part of him putting everything on his part was to send his son to die for our sins. He knew we couldn't ever be perfect. He knew we needed a sacrifice. We needed a perfect sacrifice. 
and that was his son Jesus for us so as we pray together and as we take the Lord's Supper together just think about the love that God has for you let God define for you what really love is and allow him to meet that need in your life amen let's pray but God we're so grateful for this morning uh, to be able to worship uh, via the internet and via the, the live streaming and uh, I pray right now as we in our homes wherever we're at <clears throat> as we take some time to really meditate on your love for us God we'll be impacted by how much you love us how you have done everything you can for a relationship with us and how you you cry out for us to be close to you and uh, father as we think about the cross we think about what your son has done for us you have provided the opportunity for us to be close to you because of Jesus' sacrifice we can be your children we can have all of our sins forgiven we can have a close personal relationship with you because of Jesus dying for us father help that to move us help that to motivate us to love you with all of our hearts help us to look for love from you not for the world uh, but to see how much you loved us through the cross we pray all this in your son's name amen thanks for listening to the South Bay Church podcast for other sermons videos upcoming events and more about our church please visit southbaychurch.us.